I am uh, live in Salt Lake City for the next couple of days. I've got some fundraisers to do, et cetera, et cetera. But let me tell you about our uh, spotlight sponsor, and that is Good Ranchers. If you are somebody who likes meat, uh, it's going to get more and more expensive. And the problem is the money is not going to the ranchers. And the ranchers, a lot of them, won't be able to afford to keep cattle anymore, which will play right into the left's agenda. Um, You need to get meat that is high quality from America and also uh, from the local ranchers. This is where Good Ranchers comes in. Christmas is right around the corner and they can help you with a great Christmas gift. If you are looking for something for your loved ones or really even for your own meal, they have gift boxes and gift cards. There's some awesome discounts on orders of five boxes or more. It's 100% USDA Prime, upper choice cuts of beef, chicken, and seafood. Just head over to GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code Glenn at checkout. 35% off your delicious gift of meat right now goodranchers.com that's goodranchers.com make sure you use the promo code glenn you'll get the discount 35 dollars off uh, promo code g-l-e-n-n at goodranchers.com Twisted Freak, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program, live from KNRS in uh, Salt Lake City today. I'm here for a couple of days for a really important fundraiser on something about American history. I'll tell you about that later. We have to start, I guess, with Twitter and what came out. Is this a big deal? Not a big deal. What does it all mean? Is, is this the end of it? Uh, we're at the very beginning of this battle of the titans. And uh, Elon Musk said in an interview over the weekend, I want everybody to know I'm not suicidal. He's worried about his security. If I were him, I would be a little concerned about it, too, as he takes on the giants of media. We start there in 60 seconds. But if I may, first, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Relief Factor. The weather is changing starting to get cold in places i was i was in uh, fort lauderdale yesterday um i was with the bombs of america um and um then i uh, flew here to salt lake where it was snowing so i know a little something about the weather changes it is uh, cold here and cold always adds to the pain in my life 
If that happens to you, may I suggest Relief Factor. It was created by doctors to help your body reduce inflammation, which is the major source of most pain. And it has four key ingredients that work together with your body as it fights against the effects of aging, exercise, and everyday living. Relief Factor. I take it uh, every day and have for a long time. And whenever I stop, because I'm like, I'm feeling good, pain starts to come back. This really works for me. Would you try it? Relief Factor. Get their three-week quick start. 800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Well, let's say hello to Stu. Hello, Stu. Hello, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Carrie Lake is coming up in uh, just a second. Uh, We're going to talk to her about what's going on uh, in Arizona. It's a mess in Arizona. Um, and let's talk a little bit about Twitter. Did you go over uh, the um, expose that uh, was done this weekend on Twitter? Matt, from Matt Taibbi, the uh, yeah. the journalist. Yeah, Elon Musk basically seemed to give him a cachet of some sort of uh, a bunch of emails about whatever the Democrats were doing around the Hunter Biden laptop uh, era. Uh, right before the 2020 election. And he was going to go through it and kind of see what was there. It was interesting that he didn't, you know, Musk wasn't trying to do it himself. He was giving it to who he saw as a responsible journalist to go through it. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. That's the second time you've said that word. And I just can't, uh, you know, you said journalist and then respected journalist. Mm -hmm. The guy is a blogger. I know because I've read it in the <laughs> New York Times. I've read it in Politico. I've I've read it and heard it from NBC, MSNBC, CNN, uh, ABC News. He's a blogger. I, I heard it from the Rolling Stone. Wait, they, and they should know because he worked for them, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, he was uh, he was a contributing editor to the Rolling Stone and took down some major uh, some major uh, uh, things. But I, I, I mean. Does that make you a journalist? And now he's a, now, so even Rolling Stone is saying now he's a blogger. He's a blogger. <laughs> okay. He's a blogger. And I assume they'd say the same about Barry Weiss, who is, you know, one of the of big course. wigs over at the New York Times. He's a Substack blogger. Right. That is mm-hmm. what they're trying to do here, I guess, to push this yeah. off. Uh, Which, uh, to me, don't you think it's changed? I think journalist is actually less credible than blogger Sus- <laughs> i mean especially a substack blogger i i mean oh that, you mean like glenn greenwald and barry weiss and uh taibi yeah i i think i'm i think i'm gonna run in that pack not the others well i mean you know you listen to barry weiss talk about her departure from the new york times and she you know talks about how there was all sorts of pressures within the organization to not say what people believed and, right. you know, the, they went after people who questioned the, the narrative the wrong way over and over and over again. So you think when you're free to do whatever you want to do, you're at least going to be honest about it, right? You're going to come out and, and say the things that you believe. And I think you got that a little bit from the initial Twitter files release, which kind of right. did a little bit of both sidesism. You know, it was kind of saying, well, there was some stuff on both sides and there were some good Democrats and, and all of this. But generally speaking, what it, what it pointed to was a real effort by the Biden campaign, as we suspected, to go after narratives they thought did not serve them. Uh, And part of that was the Hunter Biden laptop. But part of the reason why I'm not like, 
all over this so far is because I don't think we have the real picture yet. I think we have a only a, a small slice. You know, right. I, I, I think that the these documents were turned over to a couple of journalists who have not had, had or bloggers who have not had the time <laughs> <laughs> to fully go through them and give us uh, you know a moment by moment look as to who did what and how they did it. And it's going to take time, I think, for that to sort of marinate and go so, through the system. Here from 40,000 feet, here's what we discovered. Um, Elon Musk released some of this inside information um, and some of the documents that showed that a couple of things. One, the FBI was meeting with them monthly. And then as it got close to the election, they were meeting with them weekly. That is troublesome uh again not something that we didn't know but it is something that was called a conspiracy theory for a long time um that they were taking the hunter biden story and they were getting advice from the fbi and the people inside of twitter were the ones that were um torpedoing it with the advice from the biden campaign well that's what we found so it's not new to any conservative. However, it is new to the press and it is new to the press. This is why this is a big deal. You're not going to feel, in my opinion, you're not going to feel like, whoa, wow, look at that smoking gun because we've been talking about it. We've known this was going on. The whole world has known this was going on. And what they found was, the the right will get some things you know on their side as well but the disturbing part to me was it comes through personal contacts so it is truly would you call it nepotism you know you got to know somebody and if you knew somebody in twitter you could get the world changed and so you had people reaching out to their friends in Twitter, reaching out to their former co-workers, maybe at the White House and saying, hey, look, this is a problem. Can you take care of it? Yep, I got it. I'll take care of it for you. Yeah. And of course, it, in, in implicit in that is that 90 percent of the people who worked at Twitter were liberal. So all of their friends yes. were liberal. So all m most of the stuff that got edited was uh, stuff that liberals wanted to be edited. And so it was not fair, as they pointed out, it was not balanced. It's not like both sides did the same thing by any means. The only thing well, I, both sides did the same things, but not anywhere, you know, when it's, you know, uh, one time for every nine times, right. that's, you know, yeah. it's not doing the same and thing. And I think like the only thing that we still need to see here is, is this is one of those things that's just confirmed what we believed was going on and what and what we've had evidence of already occurring right we we have a major we already have evidence that goes down this road pretty significantly this backed it up we just it hasn't reached the level yet that is to what i expected i i've just set this to the standards well, so high for this because i assume what they've done is so terrible during these election periods uh, that we haven't seen that evidence yet. I think it'll come out. You know, I think that, that we're going to see it eventually, but so far we haven't seen it. We've only seen 80% of what I believe was going on, not 100%. So here's, here's why this is important. If you are in with the it crowd, uh, the it crowd controls really the narrative still in America because the New York Times and television and everything else still is caught in that. Now, I don't know if the american uh, people 
are still caught in that. But unless you get both sides talking about something, it's not going to filter down to the average American. Okay, Um, and here's here's the really interesting part. First, they said that this was a conspiracy, that that wasn't happening. Now that we have the evidence and the actual documents to show that it is that way, what do they do now? I am somebody that just I don't believe in coincidence. I just don't. Sometimes, you know, wow, what a coincidence. Sometimes, but I always look first, hmm, that's a weird coincidence. Are we seeing this anyplace else? For instance, when they talked uh, right after COVID started, they were all saying the same thing. And then they all started to say the new normal. And then it went from the new normal to the Great Reset. And everybody, all of a sudden, one day, everybody's talking about the Great Reset as a positive. And they're not explaining what the Great Reset is. They're just saying we need a Great Reset. Do you remember any of that? This is what happened over the weekend. To take uh, Taibbi and destroy him as a journalist, they accuse him of PR work. He's just being a public relations person. To whom? To, quote, the richest man in the world. And what does that make it? Sad, embarrassing, humiliating. Now, let me go through some of these things. This is the uh, primetime editor for Mediate. Uh, Matt Taibbi went from a fierce and intrepid journalist taking aims at the wealthy and powerful to do, doing mundane PR for the world's richest Huckster, embarrassing. Ben Collins, senior reporter for NBC. Imagine throwing it all away to do PR work for the richest person in the world. Humiliating. Uh, Bloomberg, editors are uh, great, at, uh, not just because they make your work sharper, but because you can. they will ask things like, hey, should you be doing PR work for the richest man on the planet? Uh, MSNBC, imagine volunteering to do online PR work for the real world's richest man. Um, let's see. Media matters. Uh, Matt Taibbi thread is a great example of overriding when you don't have the goods, but you want to admit you're just doing PR for the world's richest person. Um, Matt McDermott doing PR for the richest person in the world should come as no surprise. The correspondent for the uh, New York Times, CNN, Daily Beast, Huffington Post, and is a host on Al Jazeera tweeted Matt Taibbi. What sad, disgraceful downfall. I swear he did good work in the in the old days should be a cautionary tale for everyone selling your soul for the richest white nationalist on earth. Oh, my gosh. Um, the editor in chief, something called popula.com wrote one minute. You're scouring Goldman Sachs. The next you're doing PR for the richest man in the world. Funny. It goes on and on and on. They all said the same thing. They're doing peace, doing PR work for the richest man in the world. So what they're doing is he sold out. But did Matt sell out? I mean, Matt left the mainstream media for a reason. What was that reason? Barry Weiss left the mainstream media for a reason. What was that reason? What was it? To sell out? Or to be able to tell the truth that they saw without some editor going, nah, that Hunter Biden story is not really a story. Because it's a conspiracy. 
No, no. It turns out that the FBI was lying to you. It wasn't a conspiracy. It is a big deal. Now, Elon Musk has um, put uh, the Democrats on notice. He said that there's more smoking guns to come. He also said he's not going to sign autographs uh, anymore, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't want to be in crowds anymore. Um, he's he's a little concerned for his health, and I don't think it's because he's a smoker. Um, he believes that he's living in a um, in some sort of a spy novel, and I think he he might be. By the way, according to the Daily Wire, it looks like they may have um, interfered at Twitter, may have interfered in the Brazilian election as well. Interesting. It's almost as if these public-private partnerships between those who want to control the world and those who are the mouthpiece for the world are seeing the opportunity by coming together and working together to make sure that the little people know exactly who they should vote for and what they should think. More in just a second. So I've been telling you about Rough Greens for a while now. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on your dog's food, and it gives them critically important vitamins, minerals, and probiotics and antioxidants. All the good stuff that helps them lead a happier and healthier life. I wish it was that simple for me. You know, just sprinkle something on ice cream. It would be what I would be happier and healthier. I would. Uh, All right. So what do you do for your dog? Does your dog, is he a picky eater? Is your dog starting to get older? Is your dog uh, just somebody that you you want to have them live the healthiest life. I really thought Uno was very healthy. He was, you know, youngish um, and active. But until we started feeding him rough greens, I didn't realize how, for him, inactive he was. He also had a hard time eating, and you'd have to stand there and not move. If you moved, he'd look up at you like, where are we going? What What are you doing? Why, why, are, you, why are you moving? Oh, Anyway, Rough Greens have solved all of those problems. Rough Greens, so confident that your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for you. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. They'll give you your first trial bag free. Just pay for shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. That's 833-GLEN-33 or roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Oh, yeah. All right. Stu, how was your weekend? Uh, very good. Very good. As, as you may have known, I'm sure you watched, the Eagles won 35 to 10. So I'm very excited mm. about the weekend. Very. Oh, yeah. There's some Christmas stuff I did with the kids, too. <laughs> uh, how about yourself? Went, um, <clears throat> uh, well, yeah, well, well, well. Um, the, uh, it, well, did it you win like weekend. some sort of big award? 
I mean, it was more than just kind of went I well. I won a major award. A major I mean, award. I think was it a leg a, lamp? Was it a lamp? Uh, it was. was a leg lamp. And it's very fragile. <laughs> so it's from Italy. Um, no, I, I won the um, Legacy Award from uh, Moms for America. And I... I'm, I'm, uh, first of all, I have no idea why I got it. And that's honest. I have no idea. It's like, what? How did I? What? What did I do to... Well, I, and I think a lot of people do say mother when thinking of you. That's, uh, what, that's what I said. I said I'm the biggest mother here, I think. Um, anyway, um, the, uh, uh, the, the thing is, it was the Legacy Award. And when I, when I found that out, I thought, isn't that what you get to give to, like, old people? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, he's kind of sad. Well, unless you're Barack Obama, you don't win major lifetime achievement awards when you're like your first day at the job. I mean, you usually have to be around for a while. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, yes, Obama is the exception to that. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, I think you have to be. It was a really big honor. The people there, I, I felt so uncomfortable because, you know, I just talk about it. They actually do stuff. And I'd much rather just talk about it. It's a lot easier. A lot easier to talk about stuff than to do stuff. Sit here Mm -hmm. in your chair and just yap about stuff. You know what you should do? You moms should get together and do stuff. Yeah, get out there and organize (laughs) and do a lot of things that make it better for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then do it. Then give me an award for that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We chose the right path here, Clay. I mean, this is clearly. Dude, this is the greatest job for lazy people Mm. ever, ever. If, listen, kids, if you're lazy and you can read, you do have to read. But that's pretty much it. If you're lazy and you can read, the world of podcasting is your oyster. As we prove all the time, you don't even have to speak. I mean, no. really, you don't have to have the ability to speak clearly. No. We show and that America's almost every day. Good for, again, good for you, youngins. America's standards are getting lower <laughs> and lower and lower. So... It's good stuff. It's good stuff. We used to, you know, you used to have to be good at something. Not anymore. You just show up. If you're the podcaster and you're like, I guess I could be there three hours every day, Monday through Friday. Oh, oh half the podcasts I listen to now are 20 minutes long. What do you mean oh, three no. hours? Isn't that sweet? We're still living in the old time. I know we are. Doing Again, full shows legacy. for full networks. I mean, jeez. <laughs> legacy. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Um, One of the people that got an award, um, Mother of the Year Award, was uh, Carrie Lake. And I agree again. Many people on the left would say she's one of the bigger mothers around. So uh, we'll talk to her. What's happening in Arizona? And is she bringing this to the Supreme Court? We'll talk to her in just a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, let me tell you something. When your car breaks down the side of the road and your warranty has expired, because that's the way it usually happens. When you have full warranty and everything, that never happens then. I swear to you, it's a conspiracy. Anyway, the uh, warranty goes out and then everything starts to go to hell. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg right now. 
Um, here's what I would like you to do. I would like you, if you don't have a warranty on your car, I would like you just to check this out for yourself. I have car shield. I have a couple of old trucks that, uh, I just don't want to repair, you know, any big repairs. I want to drive them till the doors fall off. I don't care. Will it move that hay from this place to this place? Can I, can I haul crap in it from here to here? That's all I want. If you are uh, like me and you don't like to have breakdowns and then pay for them, Car Shield. They've had my back over and over again. Please do your research on this and find out if Car Shield coverage is right for you. CarShield.com slash Beck or 800-391-8888 and save 10%. Thank you save uh, 10% off at BlazeTV.com slash Glenn if you use the promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck program. Voting in our country is really under attack. And there's a couple of things that I think Republicans in particular have to understand. There are so many legal things that you can do that parties do to gather a bunch of votes and turn them in and everything else. And the Democrats are very good, much better than the Republicans at doing all those legal things. Then, conspiracy theory alert, if anybody wants to play dirty, they're also doing that and are very good at that. If we even want to be competitive, we have to do all of the legal things. And we suck at getting the vote out. And if we don't, if we don't get this down quickly, we won't win more elections. We won't win. Now, with that being said, on the dirty side of it, I, you could convince me if you show me the evidence and then beyond showing me the evidence, what are we going to do about it on voter fraud and all of the stuff that's happening with our elections? We have to clean this up. Now, Carrie Lake, who I find it really tough to believe uh, that she lost the election fair and square. And there was a lot of things that were happening, especially in Maricopa County, that uh, seem, oh, I don't know, uh, less than honest. Uh, and she is not giving up her challenge. Um, she has not conceded. In fact, she says she's going to take this case all the way to the Supreme Court. I wanted to talk to her about her case. Welcome, Carrie. How are you? I'm doing great. And thank you for having me on this morning. We're, uh, you know, I'm spending a lot of time talking to attorneys these days after spending 530 days, you know, crisscrossing Arizona campaigning. Um, to have the election go the way it did. Maricopa County is, frankly, the new Cook County. And they mm. found a million ways to, um, you know, as you said, uh, it, from grabbing ballots and drop boxes and all of that. And then they find ways to kind of sneak around and nibble around the laws. And we have an excellent case. We're going to be bringing it, uh, I believe, this week. We're, we're seeing what happens today. They're supposed to certify Arizona's election. A lot of people say, Carrie, what's going on? Why haven't you brought a case forward? In Arizona, it's a little bit backwards, shocking. Uh, you have to have a, an election certified 
before you can challenge it. Which and is so ridiculous. Today today, well, once you certify a elect- election, it's at least in the U.S. Constitution. I don't know what it's like in Arizona, but in the U.S. Constitution, once it's certified, it's done. And there, nothing changes that. Well, Arizona statute requires if you're going to challenge an election that it be certified. I guess before it's certified, it doesn't really count as a legal election. And we are going to Uh be challenging it. We've got systemic illegal voting, I believe, in the hundreds of thousands of votes going on in Maricopa County. Do I want to be in the middle of this fight? It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. But if we don't take this up right now, Glenn, we're not going to have a country much longer. We ignored what happened in 2020. We allowed big tech, uh, mainstream media to attack us and call us conspiracy theorists for even talking about what happened in 2020. And we can't be silent at this moment. It's not even about me anymore. It's about our kids. It's about their future. They've taken our voice away when it comes to our freedom of speech. And our other voice is our vote. And when you've got the, the water so muddied with a month and a month of voting, two weeks of, of ballot counting, We've got problems. Our voices are not being heard. So, um, Carrie, do you have and I, I, I you don't need to get into the details at this point because I don't want to steal the thunder of the the, uh, you know, when you when you actually file. I'd love to have you back on and, and talk about those facts or even an attorney. Um, but the problem we had um, with the presidential election is we had a lot of smoke And no one was actually talking about the fire um, because they didn't have the evidence. It's a a little like um, Arizona. It takes you a while to compile everything. Um, And so they didn't have the evidence. And there were some bad actors on the scene as well. Do you have evidence of this that would show uh, a, a massive change? We have a lot of evidence. We have whistleblowers. We have experts. We have affidavits from um, from voters who were disenfranchised. The difference between 2020 and 2022 in Maricopa County is that we were kind of caught flat footed, like, whoa, what happened there with that election in 2020? And it took a long time for people to try to pull things together, figure out what really happened. They did a lot of the same things in 2022. And then some our movement was so massive, they had to do the usual Uh, you know, sly moves. And then they had to go even more obvious by basically sabotaging and shutting down election day operations. They punished the voter on election day. And the difference this time around is we had poll watchers, poll workers, observers, lawyers all over. And so we have, we've got it documented. We have it documented what happened and we're ready to go. But think about how big this movement is. And I want to talk to people who are listening, Glenn, this morning who are discouraged and say, oh, I just don't want to have to do this fight. Our movement is so big that they couldn't do just the normal shenanigans. They had to pull out all the stops. They had to, as I said, sabotage Election Day. More than 60% of Election Day only polling locations had inoperable or semi-inoperable equipment, had lines that were from anywhere from two to five hour lines. We'll never know how many people were fully disenfranchised. When you pull up and you see a line snaking around a building and there's no parking and you don't have time, you know, a lot of people just said, I I can't do this. I I don't Mm -hmm. have four hours to give to vote. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the equipment that didn't work, the toner that was missing in the ballot printers, 
the ballots being printed in some cases on the wrong size paper, so it misread, and people being forced to take that sacred vote and put it in drawer three and hope to God that it got counted. It, it's, it just reeks to high heaven, and we have more than just the stench of this. We have evidence, and we Good. will be presenting it in a court of law. And while it's not fun, and I know everyone's tired and we're tired of the fight, you know, I, I just say look into the eyes of your children, your grandchildren. Look into the eyes of some, somebody who's in their 20s and say, hey, good luck. We're, not, we're tired of fighting. Good luck. Enjoy living under tyranny. Have fun. And this, that, and this has to be fought at the local and state level. The Constitution does not allow the federal government to run the elections. And I know there's a lot of Republicans That'll say, we got to get this fixed, fix it at the federal level. Don't, because it's corrupt at the fe- Everything at the federal level is corrupt. We only have a chance if we fix it at the state level, which the Constitution requires us to do. So, yeah, we're going to have to have these battles in, you know, maybe 50 states, but it's better than uh, just sitting around whining about it. We lose our country if we lose the vote. I agree. Absolutely. And we have some federal um, laws that we believe were broken as well. So we have a lot of options here and mm. um, we do lose our country. You know, this isn't about Republicans. It's not about Democrats and independents. It's about our kids and their future. And if our sacred vote is trampled and we don't at this moment do something about it, we'll never win another election. More importantly, our kids will never have a voice. They, they won't be able to chart, or chart the, uh, the, the future the course for the future. It's going to be somebody else doing it. And, you know, the, the thing about Maricopa, it's one of those mega counties. 62% of the state of Arizona lives in Maricopa County. So if you have one county that's run in a, in a shady way with corrupt elections, it can affect and disenfranchise every voter in the state. Because Cook if county. you had an election that was run great in, mm-hmm. say, Yavapai County or Coconino County or whatever other county, it doesn't matter. You, this, this county is so massive. And the two men running the election in Maricopa County, even though they are Republicans, they were very much anti-MAGA Republican. They ran a pack with the sole intent to stop anybody who questioned the election and the uh, honestness of, or the truthfulness of our elections. And we found out after digging into that pack that all of the expenditures were spent trying to defeat one candidate. Me. You. Yeah. <laughs> so the two guys I have to tell you, Carrie, the, we we are okay. facing two deadly enemies, and yet they're the same, except one is labeled a Democrat and one is labeled a Republican. There, there is a fight in the Republican Party. Uh, we can't get anything done because there are those who are progressives in the Republican Party and those progressives well, they want to keep the game going. They agree with many of the things on the uh, on the left and they want to keep the game going. But I think the American voter that votes for a Republican, for the most part, are tired of this game and they are really tired of the Republican Party. I agree. We need to get our act together as Republicans and, and start being Americans first and foremost. Uh, you know, we, we got word this weekend that that Hobbs office colluded with big tech to silence those who spoke out in the 2020 election. And we're digging around to see how deep that went. And, you know, there are a lot of Republicans out there, including the two people 
the Republicans running Maricopa County elections who wanted to silence anybody who spoke out and questioned what happened, the veracity of our elections. We have didn't a you, right to, to question our government. Didn't you have a, um, uh, an email you guys released, I think, over the weekend, or maybe it was Thursday or Friday, um, an email from, uh, I think, Twitter. Secretary. Where, yeah. Yeah, where you showed collusion with Katie Hobbs. Can you explain that? Yeah, it, it was coming from the Secretary of State's office, and her office was reaching out to Twitter, basically saying, hey, you know, we got a problem with this tweet, we got a problem with that tweet. It's misinformation. Can you take it down? You know, this is a First Amendment violation. This is serious stuff. Our government colluding with big tech to silence us, to take our First Amendment rights away. And that, that is, that's a game changer, really, what we saw what happened. And why is the mainstream media not covering this story? Why is the mainstream media, why are they not covering what happened in Maricopa County, truthfully? It's really frightening times we're living in right now. and We're trying to get the word out. You know, I don't know what the solution is going to be. I don't know what the courts will say, but we can't have our government silencing us. That is a direct break in our First Amendment. And that's what we saw happen. And I think that what Elon Musk revealed this weekend was really big. Unfortunately, these mainstream media outlets are not covering it. And I think people need to start questioning them. Use what you've got left of your First Amendment to call those mainstream media operations and say, why aren't you covering this story? Were you part of it? Why are you not covering it? Are you for censorship? We got to start asking some tough questions and holding our media accountable because they are truly just propagandists at this point. If they're not covering stories like this. Carrie, thank you so much. God bless you. And you. Um, let us know when you, uh, when you do file, uh, we'll be watching and let us know how we can help you get the word out. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Glenn. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Let's say you have a credit card with $10,000 balance on it. You're paying, what, the minimum amount each month. And you're not using the card and racking up additional uh, debt. Guess how long that will take to pay off. The answer is eight and a half years. That's if you ignore the extra fees that you'll get from compound interest. So, this is the part where you pencil in some time to talk to American Financing. See if they can help you get out of your credit card debt faster by applying the equity that you have in your home. You could be saving about $700 a month. That's the average of the people who are doing business now who call American Financing. $700 a month. For over 20 years, these guys have been helping families just like you. They work for you and not the bank. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Um, if you're looking for a Christmas gift, something that you can give to, uh, give a loved one, uh, you can go to glennbeck.com and just click on Fine Art or go to glennbeckart.com and uh, find some of the things that uh, we have in prints and posters 
and even some originals there. If you'd like to look for a friend or for a loved one, glenbeckart.com. Also at glenbeck.com, the books. And if you haven't read The Immortal Nicholas, it is the my favorite story. It took me years to write this. Uh, and I, it's my favorite story, The Immortal Nicholas. You can check it out and uh, get it wherever books are sold or go to glenbeck.com or Amazon. Big day tomorrow, Glenn, in Georgia, where Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock are going to have their runoff election. Yeah. I'd say uh, it seems like uh, general consensus is that Warnock is a slight favorite here. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they, I think, you know, the experts, if you will, believe he's going uh, to win, though it should be pretty close. Uh, if you are in Georgia, this is a good time to make sure you've got a plan and go vote. Go, go vote and go, go vote. convince others to vote because it's very, very important. Obviously, uh, the the control of the Senate isn't on the line, but you've got two two more elections after this where this seat will be locked in. And don't we have enough socialist, Marxist, crazy people, you know, in the Senate already? Don't don't we have that enough? I'm kind of. Can we stop? A yes, a hard yes on that one. Yeah, it's a hard yes for me, too. The New York Times had an interesting spin on this election this weekend, Glenn, where if you remember, they pitched that these new Georgia voting laws would crush voting for people. Remember this? It was like, oh, oh, you're going to oppress people. They're not going to be able to go out and vote. Major League Baseball, we can't go to Atlanta. Yeah, they pulled the the All Star Mm -hmm. game out of the state for this. And then, of course, you know, voting records were set. And so now their new spin is that uh, mail-in voting was down, even though overall voting was one of the strongest of all time. But Mm. that's the new complaint from the New York Times. Now, I thought the mail-in voting thing was just because of COVID. But now that people aren't as afraid of COVID, they just came out to the polls and voted. Now they're saying it's still a problem because they wanted mail-in voting to be the <laughs> I have way to tell you, voted. Lord, help me not hate my enemy, please. Uh, the, the lies that go on, I just can't take it. Go out and vote tomorrow. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, program. We're glad you're here. Our spotlight sponsor is uh, Rough Greens. When you discover something that really works, you want to tell everybody um, about it because it solved a big problem in your life. That's kind of the way I was. Uh, the big problem in my life was, oh, no, I wouldn't eat. Never would he eat. And we'd go to the uh, we go to the vet and the vet would say, well, you know, you got to you got to make him eat. You got to really we're trying, doc. We're trying. Uh, and we could never get him to gain weight. We wanted to solve that problem. Rough greens. You is an additive you put on the food, whatever food you're feeding him, put it on vitamins, minerals, probiotics. And I swear it has dog crack in it. Because Uno loves it. And every dog that I know that is on Rough Greens, the owners say exactly the same thing. How dare you say owner? Oh my gosh, is that slavery of dogs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now listen, if you'd like to uh, feed your slave dog uh, something really good, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. You'll get your free bag. Um, it's a trial bag. You'll get it free. Just pay for shipping at roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Do it now.
to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is Monday, and I'm going to go over a couple of things. First of all, the conspiracy theory that Twitter is actually working with Democrats and those on the left to silence the right. What a conspiracy. Oh, no. Wait. That's true? Yes, now verified. All right, so we'll move on to the other conspiracy theory that the ESG thing is going to come and affect you and in some of your investments and you won't even know about Well, that's been verified with a new Labor Department of Labor rule. All right. Well, the conspiracy theory that there's going to be, you know, some sort of digital currency from the central bank. Wait, the Fed coin is. All right. Okay. Well, at least they haven't proven that (laughs) conspiracy theorists say the World Economic Forum is going to put farmers out of business. What? The Netherlands? All right, well, I have nothing left but to talk to Carol Roth, who's going to give you the info on all of those in 60 seconds. All right, you twisted freak. Let me tell you about Relief Factor. Doug wrote in. He said, I've gotten to the point where I could no longer walk, let alone hike more than a mile without sitting down. Jeez, Doug, that's pretty good. I could, I, I'm getting to the point where I can barely walk to the refrigerator with having, without having to sit down. Anyway, he said, so after I started taking Relief Factor, I've been able to hike normally with no problems at all. You know what hiking is? Walking. Except it's walking up a mountain where nobody put a trail because nobody ever wants to walk there. Oh my gosh. Hiking. Anyway, pain is completely gone, he says. Thank you so much, Relief Factor. Oh, what am I, chopped liver here, Doug? Go to Relief Factor and find your relief now. ReliefFactor.com. Get a trial pack. Three week. Three week quick start. Just try it. ReliefFactor.com 1-800-4-RELIEF 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF ReliefFactor.com Feel the difference Carol Roth, how are you? Glenn, you're sounding very feisty for a Monday morning I'm not sure I can handle all of this (laughs) We're coming off the weekend here (laughs) I have to tell you I, I can't take the mainstream media and half of the country that is like, that's a conspiracy theory what, that you're stupid, that you don't pay attention, that you can't read? What is the conspiracy theory at this point? Because all of the things that people like you, people like me, we have been talking about now for years are just being verified one right after the other. Yeah, I think a definition of a conspiracy theory at this point is something that the media will report on three years later after we all knew that it happened. Exactly right. Exactly right. There's a difference between conspiracy theories and conspiracy facts. Uh, so let's let's talk about the um, the facts. Let's start with the CBDC, the central bank digital currency. 
Yes, this is okay. First of all, CBDC is not a bar in New York City, so this is this is actually <laughs> something different. Right. <laughs> but it but it is tied into the monetary system, and basically, this is something that more than a hundred countries around the world who are losing control of their fiat currencies because of their government overspending and because of their central bank printing, they're trying to come up with a new scheme to be able to maintain that power and control. So the idea of a central bank digital currency is to confuse you. People are interested in cryptocurrencies because they're decentralized and because they don't have that centralized power. And so they're trying to glom onto that interest and say, oh, yeah, we're just like that, except they're exactly the opposite. They are completely centralized and they give entire control to the central bank. So imagine today, you know, the, the Treasury p- prints up a Federal Reserve note. We call it a dollar, right? And imagine that dollar had a chip in it. And so when you went to go pay with your dollar, the Fed was tracking you. The government was tracking you and saying, nah, you know what, Glenn, you've had too many burgers this month. We really don't want people eating meat because it's bad for the environment. So this dollar is no good anymore. This is what a central bank digital currency, assuming that it's a retail-facing one, one that the consumers will use, is going to do. And oh, guess what? The New York Fed is doing a 12-week digital dollar pilot with entities including Wells Fargo, Citigroup, MasterCard, and about six others. So, Carol, they're saying that because they're not sure if they can convert uh, our system of transferring money, which doesn't involve any trucks, but the digitizing of actual physical dollars and sending them overseas in bulk, they're not sure they can work out the math on how to do that without the U.S. dollar. That sounds like the biggest bunch of bullcrap I've ever heard. They're, yeah, they're wondering I mean, if it's going to work for the data transfer. You're doing it every day now. So the, the U.S. is the leader in payments. And if you go and you look at, you know, all the different, the Bank Policy Institute, all the different, you know, folks who are kind of looking at policy around this, everyone's going, you know, America doesn't need this. Like, it's one thing for some you know, small country that doesn't have the infrastructure, but we have laser fast settlement of payments. We have laser fast transactions you know, through private entities. There is no need for this. The, the need is a want and a desire for control and power by the people who are in charge and by the people who have not been um, taking care of those dollars. And so they need a new scheme. And this is the scheme. And oh, by the way, this is how they're going to do this, Glenn. And it, my, my best guess right now, all the stuff we're seeing with the crypto woes, the FTX mm-hmm. lap, the, the, you know, the hacking, the fraud, they're going to tell you, oh, we need regulation. We need regulation around crypto because, you know, crypto is bad. Um, And they're going to regulate it and they're going to sneak in congressional approval because that's the one thing is that a central bank digital currency, the Fed does not have authorization from it. It must come from Congress. I mean, not that that stops anybody anyway, but just theoretically speaking. Um, And so keep an eye out. Whatever bills are coming down the pike, they are going to try to 
stuff this in here and this I'm not I'm not joking at all I'm not this is not hyperbole this will be the end of economic freedom if a retail CBDC comes to fruition um I you know I'll go a step further I'm not saying this is the mark of the beast but it has all of the earmarks um, of just not being able to live in society without it. You won't be able to do anything without it, correct? Yeah, I mean, listen, it impacts your livelihood, you know, how you get paid, how you transact. I mean, it, it is the foundation, stable money is the foundation of a stable society. Now, and people will have- say, though, Carol, that I already... I already interact with my money this way. I don't get an actual paycheck and bring it to the bank. It's digitally transferred uh, into my bank. And then I spend either a credit card or a debit card everywhere I go. I mean, I go to a gas station, I put the card in. So what's the difference? Well, you know, that you're, first of all, you're doing by choice and you have a choice of providers and the providers aren't the government <laughs> and it doesn't have the authority to come in and say, I'm sorry, you know, we're just going to cut off your ability to take in money or to put out money. We're going to freeze it. I mean, think about the, the trucker convoy um, up in Canada. You know, they just froze their assets. They can do this, uh, you know, with just the flick of a switch. Just you know, one off and say I'm sorry that that's it. You 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 can't you know we we've abandoned we've gotten rid of cars. We we're not going to let you hail an Uber. We're not going to let you do this. It, you know, you said something bad on social media. We didn't like it, so we are going to come down. This this is a tool to get people to submit to what the government wants, and it is the ultimate bullying tactic, the ultimate control tactic to be able to control every facet of how you transact. I, I will tell you that it is, um, it, it is what people will say, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. You don't have to do anything wrong. You just have to want to spend your money on hamburger as opposed to fish or bugs or whatever it is. You just want you want gasoline and there's a shortage and you're not part of the crew that is deemed essential. So you get no gasoline. This this is, uh, you know, everybody complains about socialized uh, or, you know, about uh, free market health care. First of all, we don't have free market health care. We haven't had free market health care in a very long time. Government is all over it. And now with Obamacare, it's worse. However, This is the point. Look at what's happening now in Canada. Canada actually said to a Canadian veteran who just needed, uh, she's like probably 40. She couldn't walk up her stairs anymore because of the pain. So she calls Veterans Affairs and they say, she said, I just want one of those chair things that go up the stairs. She said that they told her, and she's not the only one, um, we can assist you in suicide if it's just so bad. She's like, what? This yeah. is what's happening. You'll just, you'll have no options. No options. You will owe nothing. They've put it out there. You 
will own nothing. And like you said, the, the word I wanted to key in from what you were talking about before was essential because this is what they did to us in 2020. They said some of us were essential yeah. and some of us were non-essential. So it's not like we don't have a case study that's less than a couple of years old to say that they are going to pick winners and losers. They are going to do that based on political clout and connections. And guess who's not going to be in that inner circle? Well, probably everybody listening to the program, including yeah. you and me. So yeah. this is this is a epic, epic disaster. And this is something that everybody should be writing their representatives and their senators and saying, absolutely not. This is, you know, a complete affront to our freedoms. Um, let's let's uh, go into because I, I want to talk to you about the farms, but I want to do that in, in detail. And I I think we're going to have to hold you over at the, at the bottom of the hour uh, to really get into that because it's so important. Um, give me one minute and then I want to come back. The Department of Labor just did something with ESG. But remember, ESG, not happening. It's a conspiracy theory. When I first started talking about ESG, how many in this audience thought this is not, it's not going to. And now have you noticed how it is everywhere? Yeah, who told you that? And more importantly, who told you that it wasn't happening? Make sure you're no longer listening or watching any of those sources. All right. We're going to come back. There's a new uh, Department of Labor. Uh, uh, it, it's a helper. That's all they're trying to do is just help you live. <clears throat> we'll get to that in a second. You're never more than one generation away from losing our freedoms. And uh, we are in the generation that could le lose the freedoms. I mean, you know, I said uh, I said somewhere at some place the other day that um, we're holding a losing hand politically. Politically, we're holding a losing hand. Everything is stacked against us, and we don't have our crap together and everything else. Spiritually, our hand is winning. Should we choose to pick it up? But we better choose soon because we are losing our freedoms, and your children, my children are going to be the ones that are either dealing with this and living under this, quote, utopian, dystopian world, um, or they're free. And we need to arm them with the truth. And the way to do that is with the Tuttle Twins books. They tell fun and amazing stories all the time where they teach your kids things like how free markets work, uh, how, uh, how the country was truly founded, how big government will always become oppressive. There is a bigger need than ever for young people to rise up and say no to tyranny. This is going to fall to you. They will not learn this any place else. Now, listen, there are only a few days left to order these books before the shipping deadline. If you want to have them before Christmas, so don't wait. Call them right now. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Go there now, order these life-changing books for all the kids in your life. This makes a great Christmas gift. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So it's really interesting uh, because the uh, central bank digital currency, the CBDC, um, the Fed coin, if you will, uh, was 
released and they announced that they were going to put it into trial at three o'clock in the afternoon, the day before Thanksgiving, you know, when all of us are paying attention to the news quietly. Also, during the Thanksgiving week, um, the uh, Department of Labor finalized a rule that blows up some standard benefit plans on how to invest in your best financial future. Carol Roth joins us. What did they do, Carol? All right. So first of all, I want to say I almost missed this, Glenn. And it was one of your listeners who works in the industry who alerted this to me because they shoved it in, like you said, right before Thanksgiving. He doesn't want to be given a shout out because (laughs) as you can, as you can imagine why, but thank you for doing this. So basically 50, almost 50 years ago, 1974, something called ERISA was passed, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. It basically covers retirement plans and welfare benefit plans. And basically it says, that if you are the manager or quote-unquote sponsor of a plan, you have to act, and this is a quote, solely in the interest, unquote, of employees and beneficiaries. So basically in your best financial interest, if somebody's managing it, they can't put their best interest, they can't you know, do things just off the cuff, they have to say this is going to be in your best financial interest as an okay. employee or beneficiary of the plan. Stop for a second, because I think it's important for you to understand the money that you make, that you work so hard for, you put it away for your retirement. You are giving it to that responsibility that somebody is going to do the best thing for you. Let's sit down and talk about your plans. What are your plans for retirement? Have you made any? Well, you better get started now. All of that crap. What they've done is taken out your best financial interest. Now, let's talk about your plan, because your retirement is important to you. But, you know, there's some other things that are important to us and and other stakeholders. So we'll do our best after listening to you on what your dreams of your financial future are. But we'll balance them with the things that we all think should be done with your money. Are you out of your mind? It is egregious. I mean, this was this was one of those really good laws. You know, there there are a few and far between, but this is a really good thing for you to have protection. So when somebody is managing your retirement funds um, in in a plan, in a retirement plan, they have to select, monitor, and cast shareholder votes based on your best financial interest. Now, and by the way, the, the Trump administration had put extra rules in place specifically around ESG. Correct. And right. so this was done to undo that and take it a step further. So now they're saying, well, you know, you can, they can favor ESGs or something called ETIs, economically targeted investments. So you can oh, only geez. imagine what that you know, that you, know what e, you know what ETI is? ESG, because ESG people have caught on on what it is. So quick, <laughs> let's rename it. Yes, also sustainable investing and a few yes. other monikers to that. So basically, they're now, they're now giving financial cover, and this, again, is now a Department of Labor rule, which needs to be challenged in the courts, saying that we no longer have to have um, your best interest if we're managing your funds at heart. That's we can crazy. do whatever we want. This codifies business social credit. Codifies it. If your state has not taken on E, S, and G, if they haven't done 
all three, then you need to either move or start a movement that gets your state to take action. No liberal state is going to take action on ESG. But I'm telling you, it is the end. This this goes hand in hand with the Fed coin. This they are building structure where they take things from you and do things they want to do, not necessarily what you want to do or what are in your best interests. They're extracting wealth. They're extracting freedoms. They're doing it for their benefit and against yours. And funny enough, Glenn, that the Department of Labor's own website super out of date. Their, their last statistics for, were from 2013. <laughs> Go figure. Oh but my gosh. That sense, I, I can only imagine they've grown since then. But we're talking about 141 million workers. And at that time, again, it should be higher now, $7.6 trillion in assets that were covered. So this isn't just a small thing. This is the bulk of the wealth of the American people. And look at what's going to happen. Those people are going to lose their retirement, which will or, you know, pieces of it, possibly. uh, And they will look to the government to fund their retirement even more. This is insanity. It is a rat trap. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, it's Christmas and the holiday season, and that means it's time for gift giving, parties, friends, and family. Getting compliments, of course, everywhere you go because you look younger thanks to GenuCell. GenuCell is the best in skincare, and from now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package is seventy percent off right now at GenuCell.com/back. You treat yourself uh, or a loved one. I mean, if you're going to give a gift, this is an easy way to get it all out of the way all at once. Go to GenuCell. You, people can lose the forehead wrinkle, wrinkles, the fine lines, the skin redness, the pesky bags and puffiness, even a sagging jawline. They can disappear right before your eyes with Jenny Cell's most popular collection. Anything? I don't know. I believe that. I mean, that kind of sounds crazy. Well, uh, they guarantee results. So it's no risk at all. With its immediate effects, you can see results in a less, it as little as 12 hours or your money back. And included in most uh, popular packages is a free skin hydration serum that will help you restore your appearance as well visit genucell.com slash beck enter the special code beck get 10 percent off your entire order now every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping go to genucell.com slash beck a great gift for the holidays g-e-n-u-c-e-l.com slash beck and head over to blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn to save 10 percent off your subscription to blaze tv This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, we want to talk to you about a couple of things today. Still coming up on the program. I had a podcast over the weekend with Chloe Cole. She is somebody that 11 decided she was in the wrong body and doctors went along with it. Didn't do any kind of psychological testing, or even any real questions. Uh, they just cut off her breast at 15, stopped her, uh, stopped her, uh, her hormones at I think 12, so she had a lot going for her. Then um, after her breasts are cut off and she's maturing, she realizes what a mistake this is. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't in the wrong body. I was a kid that was 11 and I was 
I was looking at the changes to my body and everything else in a radically different way, and nobody helped her. It's an amazing story that if you have uh, kids or teenagers, you need to watch this uh, and possibly watch it with them. You can find it on my YouTube page now. Just go to YouTube.com slash Glenn, and you'll see a detransitioner exposes dark world of gender-affirming care. It is something that everybody in this audience, if you struggle on how do I talk to my kids about this, this answers that. Um, you will, you'll love it. And you can also find it on Blaze TV. Use the promo code uh, Glenn and save 10% on your subscription. Stu, did you have something you wanted to say? Uh, I would love to uh, talk a little bit about uh, a couple of things. Okay, well, you save them because I'm sure they're, I mean, the way you tell stories is just amazing. And I want to savor that. Thanks. Let, let me, let me honor your, uh, your request as you were out of things to say there. And, and No, I wasn't. I was going to turn to Carol. You just looked up at the screen like, you're going to talk now? I, I need to say something, Glenn. It's important. Oh, I, I looked up on the screen on a radio show. Gee, Glenn, that's a good thing to tell the audience. Mr. Radio Man, Hall of I Fame. Hate you so Do we have much. the sounder? Do we have I don't even know. How, how have we been together? I mean, I don't like we've been, I've been together. And there you have it. Another example of why Glenn Beck <laughs> is in the Radio Hall of Fame. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I've been I've been with you, my office wife, longer than I've been with my wife. And I don't know why we've never talked about divorce. But let's <laughs> let's go to Carol Roth. Um hi Carol. <laughs> so for some extra good news and to bring you into this little squabble, let's bring you to <laughs> um, So uh, the nice thing is um, when Stu and I fight, you know, people are like, you guys, do you guys get along? No, we never have. No. We never liked each other. So there's no damage to be done. <laughs> um, so, so Carol, um, let's talk about what's happening in the Netherlands. I, you, we, we've already just this hour covered the Fed digital coin. We showed you what the Department of Labor has just done to your retirement funds. You better check that out. Um, and now let me tell you, this is my biggest worry because this is going to be a massive problem that could make Mao's five-year plan look like kindergarten. Yeah, so, I mean, we talked about if you control the money, you control the people. But if you control the food, you control the people. So if you look at the Netherlands, it might be surprising to a lot of people that they are the second largest food exporter in the world Shocking. behind the United States. I, I was Shocking. surprised to learn that over the last couple of years. I guess yeah. something on the order of 4 million cows, 13 million pigs, 104 million chickens a year. Um, they're Europe's biggest meat exporter. They provide vegetables to much of Western Europe. So th this is a farming juggernaut. Um, a few years ago, you started getting protests, I think around 2019 in the Netherlands, because in the name of being good for the environment, cutting pollutants and emissions, the government said, you know, we're going to have to start paring back some of this farming. So farmers, some of you, were, you know, we're going to have to cut down what you're doing, and some of you are going to put out of business altogether. So obviously that didn't go over really well with the farmers. We've seen the protests. Obviously they escalated a little bit earlier this year. We saw that on the news. Um, but this has a major impact for the global food supply, given the fact that they are that number two largest food exporter. 
Now, here's where the story gets weird. The <laughs> Netherlands Prime Minister, yeah, like, like that wasn't weirder, right? Yeah, right? like that was, yeah. <laughs> so the Prime Minister, Mark Ruta, is a... You want to fill in the brag? Do you know who he's associated with? Do you, do you want to just guess? Uh, no, unless, um, I'm going to go way out on a limb. World Economic Forum? Ah, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, we have yeah. fabulous prizes for you. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he is a, a member, a frequent collaborator, and he has been involved in a number of things. In 2021, the government of the Netherlands, the World Economic Forum, and a few other public and private sector entities launched a food innovation hub to help transform the food ecosystem. And this is, hang on, Carol, before you go on, this is something I barely touched on in my book, The Great Reset. By the way, we have part two, all of the technology and everything else that's coming. Um, it will be releasing it after the first of the year. We've been working all year on that one. Um, but I've been talking about the food thing uh, as I think the biggest threat to all of us, because this leads to global starvation. You are yes. messing with the number two food producer of the world, and it's coming here. It already is making its mark here and in Canada. When yes. you when you say and and this is their actual um, their actual quote from the World Economic Forum. We will redesign how we produce and consume food from seed to fork. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. They have an initiative that surprisingly not enough people have been talking about. It's called the Food Action Alliance and their mission to reshape the way we think, produce, supply, and consume food. Anytime you hear reshape, redesign, rethink, it's like 99 out of 100 times the World Economic Forum. And for most of the world, I mean, we've been trending in the right direction in terms of global starvation and making sure that people are appropriately fed. It's working pretty well until we get the WAF guys involved here. And if you take a step back, you know, you talked about the U.S. and, and, and Canada Think about Sri Lanka and what we've, we've seen here in, in the recent past. You know, they were supposed to be this model ESG, model WEF uh, country. And they, they, so- let me hang on. Let me fill in that blank. In my book, The Great Reset, we talk about it and say yes. Sri Lanka was held up as the WEF's own example. What we're doing in Sri Lanka, we will do for the rest of the world and watch us and how this thing just takes off. Well, what happened to Sri Lanka? Yeah, well, you know, amongst other things, they banned chemical fertilizers, and they ended up with the first time in modern history with a food crisis and a complete economic collapse. Um, You know, obviously a huge, huge issue that we watched happen real time this year based on them trying to be this this model uh, country, like you said, and their environmental score, by the way, was off the charts. Like it was in the like mid to high 90s. Mm, (laughs) They were very good. 
Yeah, very good. So, like, you know, it's great for the environment when nobody can eat, Glenn. I mean, that's right. I mean, it's so, so sinister. So you've got the Netherlands, this, this prime minister who's tied in and is working hand in hand. And this is the second largest food exporter in the world, which means it not only impacts their population, although since they're in control, it probably won't as much, but certainly food for the rest of the world. And as you see them pushing the bugs and the crickets and, you know, all these other weird things, um, you know, at some point, you know, when you, the same names pop up over and over again, you go, oh, you know, maybe that's a coincidence the first couple of times. But when it happens like hundreds of times, it is no longer a coincidence. This is deliberate. So um, how long do you think this is going to take before Europe really feels the impact? The farmers have been protesting now for almost a year. Now the government has come in and said, you'll either comply or we'll buy your farm from you. And if you won't sell the farm, we'll just take it from you. Um, So now the government gets into farming, which I don't know if most people know this, but they're not farmers, they're politicians. Uh, And I don't really want to depend on all the food my lawyer can make um, and grow. But, how long before this really hits um, Europe? Because Europe is already in trouble with fuel and cold and uh, heat. They're in real trouble. Yeah, com- completely self-inflicted as well. And I think it just depends on how quickly they push this and how much the people have, are fighting back. I mean, it sounds, you know, we, we've seen, you know, the amazing farmers in the Netherlands, they're, create, they're being create, courageous and brave, and they are pushing back and saying this is not acceptable. And so, you know, that, how that battle plays out, you know, I'm, I'm a good prognosticator. I'm not that good, um, but it's something to watch. And, oh, by the way, this whole idea of taking farmland out of use and conserving it you know where else they're doing that? They're doing that here in the United States. The Biden administration is paying farmers to take away farmland and to, to have it and put it into conservation and stop it from being used in farming. Well, that's what's happening all through um, the, um, the West, especially the Mountain West. They are yep. gobbling up land like crazy. And then you just can't use that land anymore. Um, I know I have a ranch and I have... I have 1,100 acres that my my cattle can go graze on. Well, after grazing there all summer, they need a little bit more land from time to time. And so they'll go up, you know, onto BLM land, Bureau of Land Management, which, by the way, you never want those. You never want people in Washington to be your neighbors. They're the <laughs> worst neighbors. They never take care of the land. It's horrible. But you can graze on that BLM land. Well, they're taking, not in my case, but in many cases, they're taking that BLM land back. Well, now the farmer doesn't have enough uh, uh, square acres for the amount of cows, meaning you're going to have a shortage of meat. And all of this is intentional. All of it. It is. And so you have to keep an eye on that. 
and who's buying up land and who's buying up water. I mean, this is, you know, you talked about your upcoming book project, which I'm so excited about. Um, I have one that is upcoming as well. So a lot of these things, (laughs) the only reason I know about it is because I've been doing this deep dive um, and it is utterly frightening because, you know, the other thing that you need that if you're going to have uh, agriculture is you need water. And now uh, Wall Street and, you know, the powers that be are trying to get into financializing water as well. So water rights, land, um, you know, all these things. This is a global issue. This is going to impact the global food supply. And, you know, this is really, really scary stuff. If you think back to times when there has been mass starvation in, you know, communists and and socialist countries, a lot of times it wasn't even that there wasn't enough food being produced. It was just that the intermediaries were screwing up the system so much it couldn't get to where it needed to go. Now we're talking about actually screwing up how much is being produced. Um, I I cannot think of anything that's a parallel in modern time. It's it's just completely frightening. The arrogance, Carol, is beyond imagination for you to say, I I and a group of experts all around the world, we're going to get together and we're going to show the farmers a new way to plant, feed, water and grow. Then we're going to teach all the manufacturers and the canners and everything else what they have to do, a totally new way. Then we're going to have a new distribution system. So we're going to tell the trucking and and everything else. And then we're going to tell the supermarkets exactly what they have to do. And then we're going to work on the consumer and tell them what they have to do. The arrogance of taking something that has has built over thousands of years and say you're going to change it, all of it, from seed to fork, in the next eight years is um is beyond i mean it i would say it's suicidal but they'll live the rest yeah. of us it is maniacal it, uh, carol it roth maniacal. thank you so much i appreciate it carol roth by the way you can find her uh book is the war on small business and also carolroth.com slash glenn Go there now. Um, she'll answer your questions on this program if you just want to write to her. Uh, but you can read all of her articles there or at uh, theblaze.com. All right. Um, our sponsor. Our sponsor this half hour is Real Estate Agents I Trust. Um, I just saw another uh, thing in the um, in the news today. By the way, you can get all of the news that I use to prep this program um, usually it's anywhere between 40 and 60 stories a day. You can get all of those. Um, it is the best way to start your day at glenbeck.com and it is free. But in today's newsletter, you will see something that um, they're warning that um, real estate soon is going to take a nosedive about 20%. Now, if it's only 20%, that's not bad. How are you going to sell your house if you have to sell your house and things are falling apart, you know, with the economy? How are you going to sell your house if, uh, you know, interest rates are 7%? Right now, you can get a good deal. They're around the high fives right now. So you need a team around you. If you're buying or selling, you need a team. You need somebody who knows something about financing. You need somebody who knows something about selling a house, advertising a house for sale. 
you need somebody that uh, can fix a house, can look at the new house. You got to have a team. That team should be head, headed by your real estate agent. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service to you, and find the right one for you. realestateagentsitrust.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Next hour, we're going to talk to you about Planned Parenthood and what they've just uh, said. They Children are born sexual, and that's why we need sex education in kindergarten. My gosh, these people are relentless, and they will not stop until they've the corrupted all of our children. Let me tell you about our sponsor, our spotlight sponsor. It's Jace Medical. When COVID hit, I don't think I was the only one that was shocked at how much we rely on China, especially for medical stuff, how fragile the supply chain is. Well, uh, here's the here's the thing. We are now talking about more delays, more shortages of goods, and that includes medicine. Jace Medical is um, is making something called the Jace Case, and I think it's a perfect way to keep yourself prepared for the worst. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of uh, problems. I want you to go to their website and just check this out. Look for the Jace Case at Jace Medical, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Use the offer code BEC10 at uh, checkout and you'll save $10 off your order. jacemedical.com, BEC10. I believe that we were all born for a reason, that there is something each of us have to do. I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do or I was born to do, but I'm, I try and I pray every day that I might get close to it or I don't know, uh, but I do my best and I hope you do too. You're born for a reason and people who say, there's nothing I can do. I have too small of a voice. That's not true. That's not true. I think you're listening to this program for a reason. I don't know what that reason is, but maybe it's because you're a parent and you need to hear what we're going to talk about in 60 seconds. 
Twitter just came out, said that 5.4 million user accounts just got exposed in software vulnerability. Oh, that's great. The leak is from about a year ago. It contains all kinds of personal information. Oh, good again. Uh, maybe it's time for you to consider getting LifeLock. Cybercrime is a thing. It's uh, something that's going to affect all of our lives. <sighs> it's going to get worse and worse. And it, it it's going to happen to you, but it doesn't have to be a horrendous experience. Um, right now, if you subscribe to who I think are the best in the business at this is... Um, uh, LifeLock. You subscribe there. They have preventative measures to keep you safe, as safe as you can be, and also access to a restoration team if you do end up having all your information taken from you. That's really critical. I want you to call right now. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code back and you'll save 25%. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Promo code back. Uh, Aaron uh, McIntyre is with us uh, now. He is actually somebody uh, who is new. Um, he is um, he's got a new show. Uh, he's a Blaze TV host. Stay tuned for more details on this. But I have been uh, reading uh, his columns and his work, uh, especially when it comes to the sexualization of our children. Uh, he just wrote a great piece. Let me see if I can get the name of it here. De facto degeneracy. And it was up on his Substack, And he, I want him to take you through it. But he makes a, I think, a very accurate prediction. Uh, if we don't wake up and stop this, we won't stop anything. This is our children. And this one should be very obvious. Aaron, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Glenn. You bet. So, so take me through the article of de facto degeneracy. Sure, absolutely. So I think a lot of people have noticed, obviously, this really disturbing trend with the need to kind of put on display for children, uh, you know, drag queen story hours and these kind of sexual displays with which, let's be honest, with our trans strippers in a lot of these situations. They are billed specifically as family friendly. They are sent out, you know, to to children's organizations or to educational organizations. And they are meant specifically to attract children. And unfortunately, as we can see with accounts like Libs of TikTok, there is lots and lots of evidence that these things are very far from it, that these uh, performances are very explicit as you would expect them to be from the type of performers who are doing them, and they are specifically targeted of children. And I think a lot of people ask, you know, when they see these performances, how are people getting away from, with this? How are people, adults, exposing themselves to children in these public situations, and nothing happens? These should be crimes. There should be action taken. And so the piece in the piece, you know, I talk about the difference between a, you know, de facto and de jour, right? The difference between what a law says technically de jour and what it actually what actually happens, how it's actually carried out by agents of the state, which is de facto. And I think even though most agents of the state know that de jour on paper, exposing yourself to a minor in a performance would be something that would be illegal and would 
carry very serious charges and penalties under the law, they know that de facto, if they ever actually carry out those penalties, they'll run afoul of kind of the social zeitgeist. They know that their careers will be over, that they'll be punished in the media, that they'll be labeled as bigots. And so these people know to steer clear of these performances with their penalties, even though they should, in theory, be violating the law. This is it's really terrifying the way you lay it out in this in this article, Um, because we we know we know the boundaries. We all do. We know if somebody was exposing themselves or walking around a children's playground in a G string uh, dressed as a woman uh, and gyrating, you know, in the middle of the park, we all know we would keep our kids away. We all know we would probably call police, especially if they're at the playground. We know that. But what is it that makes us stop? I, I, I don't. I guess my question is, I don't understand what's happened to people. Why is it that it seems like at least half the country is like, no, 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 this is fine. Well, I think a lot of people have seen this labeled as the new civil rights issue, and they want to be on the right side of history, right? They want to be tolerant. They want to be accommodating. They want to be understanding. They don't want to. Wait, 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 wait. What is the new civil rights issue? Because there's a big difference between Caitlyn Jenner and this, the civil rights of the children, the 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 innocence of the children is being ripped away from them. This is not like Caitlyn Jenner. This is about uh, transgender stripping in front of children. There's no right to that. Well, I agree, Glenn, but I think there is more linkage here than maybe we would have first up here. I think that when we ask society to, you know, uh, all, you know, pretend a certain thing, when we're all being required to pretend that the emperor is wearing clothes when they are not, it has an impact on everybody. When you let that little sliver of a lie enter society and you make everyone kind of perform as if something that is a lie is truth, I think that eventually erodes the barriers of understanding between what you're talking about and where we ended up. I think you naturally do move from Caitlyn Jenner to this because when you ask people to believe that men are women, when you demand that for them to participate in society, they have to go along with this delusion, I think they naturally will move towards this point where there is no barrier. What we would think would be common sense is eroded by this lie that we've let slide into our society. So you you go on uh, to, um, to say if, if any of these arguments were... Um, used or translated into context of a church, the very same people would lose their minds. It's true. I just saw a story today of some, you know, polygamist that's marrying children and me and everybody else losing their mind. It's that's got to stop. What is this? We all agree. However, um, what's the problem that he is religious or that he's married them because a lot of people in today's society don't have a problem with sexualizing 12 year old, 15 year old girls. 
No, that's absolutely true. I think the real problem here is that the society has shifted its focus on the kind of religion that it's going to allow. There is now, I think, a belief, a, a kind of a state-sponsored belief in the idea that the protection of these identities is sacred and that it's necessary for the law to get involved and the media and different organizations in society to get involved to protect these different identities, even when they cross into these areas that we find abhorrent. And you have to, you know, if you're going to make transgenderism the next civil rights issue, then you have to do what you do with all civil rights issues. You have to teach it to children very early on, right, that these are certain things that have to be protected, they have to be respected, they have to be tolerated. And so it's just, I think it's, again, just the natural development of this ideology when you have this consent-based morality where the only thing that decides what is moral is if two people agree, then you're going to naturally see the pressure on people to lower and lower, unfortunately, the type of the age of consent when it comes to things like transgender surgery, which is why we're now seeing puberty, puberty blockers and permanent mutilation pushed onto children younger and younger because this is a key part of the left idea of tolerance of these ideas. I have to tell you, I don't know if you've seen the uh, podcast I did with um, Chloe Cole um, this last Friday, um, but it is this is a girl that was 11. And when you hear her talk about it, you completely understand what she was thinking. She was thinking like an 11 year old girl. And um, and then the media started Instagram peer pressure and she decides she's a boy and now she's detransitioning and she's trying to go back for to be a girl. But she'll most likely never breastfeed her uh, children because she had her breasts removed. Um, and uh, so they don't know if they can ever repair that. She may not be able to even bear children because of this. And. No one is responsible for it. Nobody. It is a tragic, tragic story, and it is happening over and over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. I think that people, you know, this is a very permanent decision. There are many bad decisions that one can make as a young person. And while some of them can be tragic, there's usually some ability to recover over time. But these children are victims of this ideology in a way that is very permanent and very disturbing, which I think, unfortunately, is what a lot of these activists are counting on. Once you've forced a child to make that kind of ideological commitment so young to the point where they permanently alter their body and in their ability to have a family, the kind of thing that kind of makes you a natural conservative over time, it's going to make you committed to a particular political outcome. It's going to make you a ward of the state in many ways. And it's also going to plug you into things like a lifelong commitment to a pharmaceutical industry that is very, very motivated to have you as a customer for the rest of your life, dependent on the kind of stuff they're peddling to alter your body chemistry on a long-term basis. Aaron McIntyre is our uh, guest. He's uh, going to be, um, you'll hear an announcement soon. He's going to have his own Blaze TV um, platform, and we appreciate him coming up, and thanks for joining the Blaze. Um, I want to read the last line in your, or last couple of lines um, in your Substack article. If a civilization does not believe to its very core 
that the sexualization of children is wrong in a very deep and non-negotiable sense, then no one is willing to stick their neck out to enforce the law as written. They will comply with power before any principle, and that is how you know when you are truly lost. Any comment on that? Yeah, I think that if people are going to stand up against this stuff, like I said, they truly have to believe it's evil at its core. It's not something you can hold loosely. This is why I think so many parents are scared to step up because they know that society doesn't have their back. They know that the institutions don't have their back. They know they're not going to have the support of the community. They know that power is set against them. And so the only thing that will allow people to be able to stand up and stop this and be heard and have the courage is the conviction that at its core, this is a non-negotiable thing. We're not talking about when children can have transitions. We're not talking about when puberty blockers are acceptable. It's never acceptable. It's never okay. It should be a crime for people to do this kind of thing. And if we don't have that stance from the outset, people will never have the courage to stand up against it. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. God bless. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Aaron uh, McIntyre. Uh, you can find that on his uh, Substack um, uh, page. I, I, I will tell you, not only are people afraid of uh, that nobody's going to run to their, um, their back, I think a lot of people don't know how to have these difficult conversations and maneuver around them. That's why I think my um, my conversation with Chloe Cole was so important. You can find it at YouTube. By the way, our goal was to have a million YouTube subscribers. I think we started the year with maybe 300,000 subscribers because we never paid attention to YouTube. Um, and uh, and our goal was to have a million subscribers by the end of the year. We are so close to that. We're at 930. What is it? 935, 937, something like that. Um, and so subscribe and uh, and make sure you rate and rank the show, if you will. Um, uh, but we we want you to watch this particular thing. It's on Blaze TV, but it's also at YouTube. And it is my conversation with a girl that transitioned. And I because I am a parent and I am struggling to have these conversations with my kids I wanted this something uh, to be something that my kids could watch and understand and also model compassion for them to, you know, show how someone can believe something differently and still have compassion for people. So please watch this podcast. Uh, it's available now at YouTube um, or at the Blaze TV. Watch this podcast and share it with your family. Back in just a second, there is really no free lunch in this world. A lot of companies will try to sell you on that idea, but it's not realistic. When some of these big mobile companies say, uh, you know, free iPhones, well, is it? I mean, they're locking you into a long-term contact uh, contract and building the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. So it's not really free. Jeez, when are we going to learn this? Then there are companies like Patriot Mobile who won't make you a promise they're not going to keep. They can show you how to get that same iPhone interest-free without the games and without the contract. Why? Because they're honest and they do honorable business. That's why I'm proud to practice uh, to partner with them. It's Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile, the only Christian conservative wireless provider 
I actually bought a phone so I could be a subscriber and support these guys. I don't you I don't even know where it is, but I've got it. Patriot Mobile. Here's their guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers that they provide for free. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash back. Patriotmobile.com slash back. 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash back. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, here's a story, Stu, maybe this is from Just the News, that maybe you can explain to me, because I don't know why we're not doing more. The Texas GOP and judges have called on Abbott to repel invasion by preventing entry of illegal foreign nationals or returning those and who enter illegally to Mexico. Forty uh, Texas counties have now declared an invasion at the southern border or have expressed support for Texas declaring an invasion. More are in the process of doing so, according to sources who have spoken to the center square. The most recent to join are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven counties, and they're calling on the governor to declare formally an invasion and repel it, which he hasn't done. But right after the election, did he not say he was going to do that? What is he waiting for? I don't know the answer to that. I, I thought I thought I remember us hearing that's exactly what happened. And as you mentioned, it happened after the election, which would indicate it wasn't like an election ploy per se. So I don't I don't I don't know. We'll have to I guess we'll have to get maybe we can get in touch with the office and find out what's he, going on. He signed an executive order that does not declare an invasion. It authorized Texas law enforcement officers to op- apprehend illegal foreign nationals and return them to ports of entry. After Abbott tweeted uh, content from part of that letter, judges without providing context, many misreported that he declared the invasion. Um, hmm. Yeah, maybe that's uh, maybe just a reporting mistake. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's, I mean, why won't we do this? The government is clearly not protecting the homeland. They are not operating in the best interest of any of our states. Man, I'm, I'm really tired of, of Governor Abbott, you know, being milk toasty. We're Texas for the love of Pete. Why isn't Texas leading the way? I mean, that's what I moved there for. I mean, I'm, it's like, should we move to Florida? I mean, well, this is, what? I don't no, know. I know. I, I know. I mean, he, we, look, we, you know, Florida's great as well. Uh, uh, I, I love Texas. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. The whole sending immigrants uh, to blue states did was led by Governor Abbott, and yet still Governor DeSantis got all the credit for it. So sure. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, no, I like I know, both of them. I, I think they're like both him. pretty good. Although DeSantis has more often been the leader, clearly, over the past couple of years. Clearly. Clearly. Could you ask the producers to check in with the governor's office and and find out the status of all this? I'd like to know. Maybe we talk to the attorney general, Ken Paxton. Why aren't you declaring this? Why is Texas not leading the way in stopping this invasion? The Glenn Beck Program. 
American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Boy, I I feel for you. There's new economic uh, studies that are out. They show two-thirds, two-thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 60% have decreased spending as well. All due to the rise in costs, thanks to inflation. Now, how, how about you? Has this affected you yet? Because it's going to affect all of us. You fed up without, you know, with just having to constantly worry about the future. I want you to call American Financing and let one of their dedicated mortgage specialists help you examine your options. It is possible that you could get a refi of your mortgage at a much lower rate or, I should say, and or you could bundle up all of that debt into a consolidation loan and that could save you i mean the average person now at american financing is saving 695 dollars a month on average that's great please call them american financing at 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net and head over to blazetv.com slash glenn promo code is glenn 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv This is the Glenn Beck program. Hey, Stu, go to my Instagram page, will you? Uh, it's just uh, Instagram Glenn Beck. This is my sister. You know how my sister Michelle makes a gingerbread house every year for uh, she makes it with her sons and they they've entered them for, I don't know, 20, 25 years. And every year she makes a different one. And they're each one more incredible than the last. This is the latest first place winner this year. Can you see it? Do you have it it's up? It's loading now. Yeah, it's just taking a little bit, so I've not seen it yet. It, it is, I mean, oh, yeah. it, it, the theme was, I guess, Encanto, the Disney film. So she made the house and all the bougainvillea, and I mean, and it lights up inside. I, I, I mean, that's a gingerbread house? That's a gingerbread house. What? Made entirely out of gingerbread and icing. Oh my gosh! Isn't that incredible? incredible? The the tiles are all handmade, just piped out icing. I mean, it's just I come from an overachieving family. Uh, yeah, like you have. It's, I, I always think that's so weird with you in that, like, you have people in your family that are talented. I <laughs> I know it's weird. Isn't yeah, it? I don't I don't understand it. And then there's me, and then there's you. And yeah, then, well, uh, that's what the the family used to say. Uh, Glenn was adopted, so maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 just nuts. That's genuinely, ins- I mean, like it does not even look. You have to go see this. Instagram.com slash Glenn Beck. By the way, it was just posted. It does not look like it could possibly be a, gi- a gingerbread house. And like I, the other thing too is like some of the some of the cakes that people make that look like other things are really yeah. really impressive. But they have that sort of like outside almost like clay like frosting. What's it called? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Um, Fond- uh, uh, fondant, or, I don't know what it is. Yeah, fondant, fondant, okay. fondant. Yeah, fondant. whatever it is, one of those things. And, yeah. and like, it's really, impre- it's incredible artistry. But also, it's like almost like not really. It's almost like a different thing than making a cake, right? It's like an outside coating that is like, uh, yeah, it's like crafted into it. And it, I mean, it's really, really cool yeah. and impressive. This though looks, I mean. No, this is royal it's, icing. It's insane. This is made old school. My dad yeah. used to, when I, you know, I grew up in a bakery, 
Um, and my dad made this, would make a gingerbread village and we would put it in the front, uh, window of our, of our bakery every year. I mean, I really miss the days of, you know, uh, the hometown Christmas, your, your, your own hometown walking down the, the street of your hometown and, it had interesting things, and it was all local for the most part. It might have a Pennies or a Sears. That's what ours had. You know, Pennies and Sears were at the end of the street, but pretty much everything else was, you know, local. And I loved it. I love it. I still do. Yeah, there's there's so a bunch of those sort of hometown festivals that they do around around our area here in Texas. And even though you might say, well, isn't it going to be 78 degrees in Texas today? And the answer to that is yes, and I'm proud of that as well. But uh, it might not feel exactly like Christmas all the time, but like they have all these little festivals and each one is just great. Like they have the little, each, each one has a little bit of a different character and like they do all these different cool events and the kids love it. And I, we wind up going to so many of these things by the end, we're actually exhausted. Like it's, it, we get to Chris, Christmas exhaustion level by the end of December and we're ready for 11 months off, but it is really cool. I think it's, it's something that like the, I don't know if it still happens enough around the country. You got to have those little events are just like, it's the, it's the thing that you always remember as a kid. It is. It is. I, I'm, I flew in last night. Uh, I had to be in Florida yesterday, and so I flew in late last night. I got in here, I think, at 1 o'clock in the morning and, uh, and then got up at, uh, at 4 to be able to come in to uh, you know, get ready for the Today Show. And the city last night, it was snowing. And this city does Christmas unlike any other city. I mean, everything is lit. All of the trees are lit. I mean, it is just magic. And snowing, uh, there's just, I don't know. Every place should snow. My kids uh, only, uh, only associate snow with trips. We will go someplace and it will snow and around holiday. I was talking to somebody else from Texas this morning, and he said, uh, every time I talk to my kids, if there's snow in the background, he said, they always say, Dad, are you having Christmas without us? It's just so burned into kids' house in the or heads in the South uh, that it's got to be snowy, which is so bizarre that half of the world has has had our vision of Santa and uh, and snow and everything else when well, most of the world's not like that. Especially with global warming, Glenn. Did you know <laughs> at any moment all snow might disappear or reappear in large larger quantity than ever before? Right, right One right, of those right. two things could happen at any time or not no. happen at either time. Or happen at the same time. Right, or at the same time. All possibilities are on the table. We just know the cause of whatever possibility is that the end of that road <laughs> is global warming. <laughs> That's that's all you have to remember. Oh, my gosh. We are so stupid. We did, we're... Oh, we're no plug your ears, God. We we are. I mean, we really deserve to be destroyed. Mm. Really, I mean, yeah. we are so stupid. All right, you can unplug your. Ears. No, we weren't talking about you. Um, well, that's a problem. I know we should have been, but we weren't. Anyway, um, there is a there's another story um, that is out today that I I found mildly interesting. 
just because it's it's almost Christmas. And have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Uh, not one bit, Glenn. In fact, okay. I just the other day said to my wife, I'm like, we should we should talk about like what's going on for Christmas, like maybe with the kids presents and stuff. That's yeah. like where I am. I haven't even thought about really what direction to go in. So my wife, my wife and I went out to dinner with some friends and then we just kind of walked around this little Christmas village at 80 degrees. And, uh, and, uh, we stopped in a store and I said, she was like, Oh, this is so cute. And this is so cute. And I said, yeah, uh, go over there for a second. And I bought some stuff and some stuff that she didn't, she hadn't pointed out, but I at least bought her stocking stuff. I'm like, you're going to be surprised when you get your stocking this year. And that's a big deal because usually she buys the stuff for her sock stockings because, well, at least until my girls were old enough to do that for me. Because I never think, of, do you ever think of the stocking? Yeah, no, not usually. Not, not, yeah, not typically. No, no Obviously, Santa gets that in our house a lot of the times. But for, for, for others, I can understand why they might need to think about that. Uh, yeah, so. well, Santa doesn't do the adults. Right, exactly. Santa's like, buzz off, kid. Yeah. You know how many kids are having kids? <laughs> little Timmy, he's now big Timmy. Right. And he and little Sarah have just had 14 children <laughs> in India. By the way, my, Glenn, my, I want to get your opinion on this. My wife the other day asked me, she said, um, you know, I was, thinking, I was talking to someone and they had this idea and I thought it was pretty cool, which was basically like we just send each other an email that has a bunch of links to stuff that we want for Christmas, and then the other person just goes out and buys that stuff. And I was like, I am, I am so, I, I, can I tell you something? I'm so done. I'm so done with bread. It's just like, what do you want? Right. I, I think I'm, I, <laughs> like, I, I wasn't sure how to take that. I, I think I'm, I think I'm pro it. I think she's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't know what to get you. She's like, what's some, just send me a few things that like are kind of on your list that you, you want as a present, but wouldn't probably go out and buy. And just send me those things, and then I'll just get those things. And then you do, the, I'll do the same to you, and then we'll just go buy those things, and then they'll be under the, the tree. And I was like, you know, that's a pretty, it's not romanticized, but it's a pretty efficient process. My kids, my kids tell me all the time, Dad, you don't get mom stuff that you want to get her. You get stuff that you think she wants. And I'm like, I've been trying that. That's hard. I, I, it's hard. I don't think she's never, I don't think I've ever given her a present that she's been like, oh my gosh, that's great. And I don't need to worry about the receipt. <laughs> I don't think that's, I don't think that's ever happened. No male and, has ever accomplished that feat. So and, you're, you're in good company there. And she is, she, she will, I mean, she's given me many great presents. But sometimes she'll give me presents and I'm like, in the neighborhood, in mm -hmm. the neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, like ties. Don't give people ties. They're very personal and nobody wears them anymore, kids. But anyway, um, you know, it's just, it's, I, I just would rather just say, not for the kids, but for, you know, for the spouse, just what do you want? Just tell me what you want. Okay. There was a time where this was like a really, it's a really fun part of her, especially early in a relationship where you're like trying to really find the perfect gift for your significant other. It's like a big deal. And over time, like I just realized I just get I, links sent to okay. me. So, okay. So here's the thing. I think it's going to be that way again. I think I'm coming up to the end of four children. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm a, I'm just a couple of years Wait, the out. The end of them? What's yeah. happening to them? Oh, get the hell out and don't okay. even call. Okay. Okay. That's the best outcome I was thinking yeah. of there. Just get out. Get out. 
Uh, anyway, so I'm about to have all four children now, and Tanya and I are already starting to be like this, where we're like, yeah, I don't know if there's any food in the house. I guess you'll have to fend for yourself. <laughs> Mom and dad are leaving. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I think it will become fun again. Right now, when you have kids, you're just like, really, honey, I, I mean, my hair is on fire all the time. Your hair is on fire all the time. Just tell me what you want. That's so all. It's not, right. it's not romantic, but it, it's not romantic. But it does. It, it lends itself to describe relationships. Like at the beginning, you have the, you want. No, that. I think it just describes the teenage years. Really, because <laughs> you're just, just so yeah, distracted. So you think you'll be back to trying yeah. to find that perfect present, and she can kind of nod somewhat knowingly and appreciative, but and then not, look for the receipt. Right. Yeah. Will they just take they, the American you, Express? Will they take the American Express? Because uh, there digital receipt to this, or <laughs> <laughs> you didn't buy this with all cash, did you? There is record someplace. Uh, all right, back in just a second. All right, you sick, twisted freak. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's uh, American. No, is it American Financing? No, it's Goldline. Oof, Goldline. May I just remind you? Trouble, trouble is coming. Did you listen to Carol Roth last hour? By the way, she just put out an amazing report on uh, central bank digital currency. She talked about that last hour. If you missed it, grab the podcast today. She talked about that and, you know, also what's coming for farming and and a few other things that you should probably pay attention to. Um, But uh, she's got a, a whole thing that she just put out available only at Goldline. Part of the report highlights physical gold being an important hedge. Please, if you get anything from me ever on on gold or silver, please do not buy paper gold. There is not enough gold to go around for all of the paper that we have called currency. The same thing with an ETF. A, a paper promise of gold is as worthless as the dollar will be. Please make sure you have physical, physical gold. Uh, I want to make sure that you you understand what is coming and they can help inform you. The website itself has a lot of economic information that they update all the time. Um, and Carol Roth is also uh, updating you from Goldline. So go to goldline.com. Do your own homework. They're continuing their self-directed IRA promotion New orders are eligible to receive $50,000 in free promotional medals for qualifying orders. New orders are eligible to, I have to make sure I have that right, receive up to $50,000 in free promotional medals. Now, listen, go back to the podcast and Carol, because we talked about your investment funds today and what the Department of Labor has just changed They don't have to invest your money. You know, hey, let's talk about your retirement plan. They don't have to they don't have to invest it in what's best for you because they just changed the law. And now, you know, you're in the mix. But I mean, the planet might be more important or, uh, you know, cow farts might or the stakeholders might be more important. Not you. This is your money. Make sure you protect it. Go there now uh, at uh, goldline.com. Complete a new IRA application or transfer in the month of December, and Goldline will send you a signed copy of my holiday classic, The Immortal Nicholas, which is my favorite book I wrote. 
um, as a thank you just for supporting the Blaze and Goldline. Go to 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program. One of the uh, Canadian provinces has just come out with their new COVID restrictions. Can you believe people are still doing this? Maximum of 20 people for informal indoor household gatherings. Um, Maximum of 50 people for an informal outdoor gatherings. Yeah, in Canada, I'm going to be having an outdoor. (laughs) Uh, Unvaccinated residents should avoid informal indoor gatherings. Masks are required in all outdoor public spaces. (laughs) Um, Malls, grocery stores, salons must enforce physical distancing or instead require proof of vaccination from all patrons. That doesn't even make sense. You could still get it. You could have the vaccination. You could still give it or pass it on. Is this it a, makes no, yeah, how, yeah. how widespread is this in Canada? Is it all of Canada or? No, this is uh, the New Brunswick province. New Brunswick province. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and um, you're if you're unvaccinated, you need to isolate. Yada, yada, yada. All travelers, including New Brunswickers. That's stupid. You have to change your name of your province. If you <laughs> if it ends up that you are a New Brunswicker. We'll let them know, Glenn. Uh, returning to the province, uh, province must register or have a multi-use pass. Oh my God. So stupid. I mean, why is so this stupid. still happening? Why is this still happening? Now, Canada, I mean, not Canada, um, China is different because they've never let anybody get immunity, right? Well, I mean, you know, it depends on how much you believe what they've told people and the, what they believe their numbers, which you shouldn't, but it, and they certainly have a very large amount of people who have either... Um, never had COVID uh, or and or have if they've been vaccinated have been vaccinated by the really crappy Chinese vaccines so like who knows what's going to happen if it runs wild over there there could be some real damage though they're going to have to reverse their COVID zero policy or the, you know they're going to over, overthrow the government maybe I, so who knows what's going to happen that could get ugly. I don't know about the rest of the audience, but all I heard from that racist rant was crappy Chinese. What a racist. <laughs> Wait. Crappy Chinese therapy. Really racist. The Glenn Beck Made in Japan bother you too?